Well, welcome to episode five of our podcast. Uh, we are spending some time reflecting upon the lesson from this morning. And as always, there is a YouTube link on our specific webpage that you found this. I encourage you to go watch the lesson uh, from this morning before you come listen to us. As always, I'm joined by Kevin Fitzgerald. How are you today, Kevin? I'm enjoying the good weather. Uh, yeah, it's beautiful today. Uh, I'm also here with uh, David Payton. So, David, how are you today? Yeah, good. Thank Great. you. Great. Great. Uh, we have a lot to talk about today. Uh, I love the passage that we looked at this morning. Uh, we looked at James chapter 1, verses 19 through 21. We're actually going to open today by reading a broader chunk. We're going to be reading James chapter 1, verses 19 through 27. So, Kevin, I believe you are kicking us off. All right. James 1, verse 19. Now this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, He's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror, for he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. All right, so with that, let's jump into uh, some summary thoughts. Open it up, broad ideas from the sermon today, anything that stood out to you guys in particular. Well, one thing that stood out to me was um, the the language of verse 21. Uh, Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. Um, the language that is used there, as Pastor Phil pointed out, to put away uh, is the same language that, that Paul uses throughout the epistles uh, of having put off. Um, and as we know from the New Testament, the reality of, of a believer's life is that in Christ, he actually has put off. He has, the old man has been crucified with Christ on the cross. Um, and so, so that for me was a helpful and an encouraging reminder that uh, the, the biblical teaching of become who you are um, is precisely what's coming out here. You know, so we have been crucified with him. Therefore, we can put away um, the old man that gets in the way, that platters our hearts to not receive the word. So that was encouraging. I think along that same line with putting off, um, even I think that helps us to hear, like in the context, in verse 19, um, just reading a little bit um, and studying preparation for this podcast, thinking about coming to a text or preaching with our defenses up 
And instead of coming with our defenses up, we need to put off our filthiness and rampant wickedness. So that way the um, sword in Hebrews 4, the word of God is talked about as a sword is able to pierce us. And um, thinking about that idea, um, oftentimes I don't think about it so much when I come to the scriptures, although I'm sure that in my sinfulness and weakness that I, you know, I'm defending myself against um, being convicted in certain ways from the scriptures, but I think I'm preaching for myself anyways, a lot of that, that happens a lot. Um, being down at college, not every preacher is the same. And uh, it's very easy for myself anyways, I think probably could all maybe relate to this, that being young, arrogant theologians, that when a preacher gets up to speak, I am oftentimes more critical um, that I am open to hearing the word of God. And one professor down the school specifically, not necessarily talking to me, but in general said that when you believe in the sovereignty of God, every, the preacher that's there preaching, the word that he's preaching, God ordained. Um, and he has something for you to listen to. And that was, I think today when he was talking and remembering that, that was convicting to me that I need to be, not look for to pick through his theology or not that he's, making sure that he's preaching the Bible and the gospel. But besides that, I need to come with the humility to the scriptures to preach it. Yeah, I, I would say with me, something, I guess, similar to that, Pastor Phil made the connection between verses 15 and 19, that, um, you know, we have the the word of truth, that God, God of his own will brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Knowing this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. And so our, our response to the word is based out of the fact that God has ordained that through the word, we would be given life. And so just really, really was struck with the beauty of scripture in that uh, it is life-giving. And if we really believe that God's word gives us life, then our response should be to hunger for more of it. But yeah. so this is not just like spiritual stuff generally, even this is like the Bible specifically, because it, you know, it's easy, I think, for us to get wrapped up in devotionals and books or even a podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> <it's> dangerous, <laughs> but um, it's, it's, um, it's easy for us to get caught up in all these things so much so that we actually neglect the pure text of scripture. Uh, when in reality, something, you know, those substitutes for the word of God, we might say, are only as life-giving as they are saturated with properly exegeted scripture. And and it's important, I think, I think it's something I need to remember is that God's word gives life and I need to hunger for God's word. So one of the things I wanted to um, also comment on was just the striking uh, re- resemblance of the parable of the soils that James uh, that the language in James here carries. Um, you know, the, the difference between the soils is, is what, what was the problem? Was the problem the sower? Was it the seed? Or was it the soils? Um, and obviously, the answer is that it was the soils that made all the difference. Um, and Jesus talks about the, the four different types of soils, and the one is um, hard soil, the one is thorny soil, and the other is um, soil that is choked by the by the cares of this world. So the so but the the good soil and in each of the the gospels in which the story is recounted, uh, there's a slightly different take on it. But 
the good soil has the characteristics. This is from Luke chapter 8, verse 14, um, verse 15. As for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in a good and honest heart and bear fruit with patience. Um, and then in Mark, it speaks about the seed that is sown on the good soil are those ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit. Um, and then in Matthew, it talks about the good soil, the one who hears the word and understands it. So there's a sense of, of obviously, you've got to get through the understanding. That's, that's important. Um, but at a deeper level, you've got to get to the willingness of the heart, the responsiveness of the heart. Um, and, and so that's where I think James speaks of receive the word with meekness. So it's like saying, Lord, I'm opening up my life to your word. Um, let it penetrate to whatever area you wish and expose my uh, sinfulness in areas that I perhaps don't know about and just help me cl- like cleanse, cleanse my life by the washing of your word. Um, so I think that was, that was helpful just thinking through the parable of the soils and how it applies to this passage. Yeah. I think you bringing up that um, made me think about something else. You know, what, what hinders us from being willing to hear the word? Um, I think about that passage in the new Testament that uh, where it talks about the people want their ears to be scratched or tickled. Um, There's a lot of stuff out there today that will scratch your ears, will scratch your itches as it were. Um, They'll tell you what you want to hear. Uh, they won't talk about how bad you are. Um, a lot of preachers or even books or material. And if we're taking in a steady diet of things that is not the word or things that is, goes contrary to the Bible, we are definitely not going to be meekly receiving the word. We're going to be either comparing our preacher to some of these maybe, you know, famous, really good speaking pastors out there or the message that they have with the message of the Bible. So I, I think that's an important thing too, that if I'm not, meekly receiving the word why is that and it might be because you are looking at other sources uh, than the bible um so and not only that but also watering it down with all sorts of uh worldly entertainment or just the the various like as the parable of the soils says it's the the cares and riches and pleasures of life um and the desire for other things comes and chokes the word you know so so that's that's a peculiar temptation, I think, especially at this time where we in lockdown or quarantine as a result of the coronavirus pandemic. Um, you know, we've got just such access to screens, so we need to uh, we need to be vigilant at that level and uh, pray that we will we will not grieve the Holy Spirit who dwells in us, um, who is there to enable us to exercise self control. Um, so that for me is just one practical application of how we can be quick to hear, um, slow to speak is like, let's just actually hear the word here as in like read or, or listen to the word as Pastor Phil has encouraged us to do to, uh, read or listen through James, the whole of James. I think that's a, that's a sound piece of advice. Um, but we need to do that by this, the dual, approach that James is recommending here is it's kind of like the analogy of, of having a guest. 
because the word actually in uh, chapter in James, what what verse is it? I think it might be twenty two. Um, receive is actually the word welcome. So it's like the idea of you welcoming a guest in, and the, who's the guest? The guest is the word of God. Um, so the analogy which I heard someone describe is, um, it's like you've got to, if you're going to be having a guest in your house, you need to clear out the muck and the mess. Who who has a guest over who doesn't at least first clear away yeah. some sort of chaos, right? Yeah. Um, and then, and then once the guest is there, like receive them in, you know, don't let them stand at the front door. Um, so, so that's the idea that, that I think is being brought out in James. One more thing with that, um, as far as just continuing this line of thought, I don't, I reading, I preached on this passage actually not too long ago. It's kind of funny uh, reminiscing about that. Um, but one of the things I read was that James isn't just telling us to listen to all preachers and all, you know, takes on scripture without, you know, testing them first. I think like a good benchmark is when you're listening to preaching, are they preaching the Bible? Are they preaching the gospel? And then once you know that they're preaching the Bible and preaching the gospel, that's, you shouldn't have any reservations at that point to the word. But again, going back to what you were talking about, some of the entertainment and some of the things I was talking about, you can't do that out in the world. So in our church, um, I'm, I'm biased, but I, we hear the word faithfully taught every week. Um, not just during Corona, but even our, during our normal Sundays. I think you mentioned Pastor Phil, Pastor David, Kyle, Ken, and we have some other teachers. You're going to hear the word. So don't come to church with your defenses, defenses up. But as you go out into the world, I think you need to be a little more careful, um, with testing the scriptures. That was just a caveat that I, I think is important to put in there. Yeah. 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 I would agree. I would agree. That's that's good stuff, guys. Um, this is a, this has probably been the most encouraging passage. Well, encouraging, challenging, fruitful meditation for me this week as I've been thinking through the book of James and reading through it. Uh, this particular passage has really struck me. And I thought Pastor Phil uh, made a really good connection for us that being and, and Kevin, you kind of you kind of mentioned this already. Being quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger is in the context of the local church. And so, the the question that I have that I'd love to hear from you guys: um, How do we practically live that out? Maybe positively and negatively. Um, you know, maybe some negative examples of what it looks like to be slow to hear, quick to speak, quick to anger or some positive examples of what it actually looks like to be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger uh, in the context of the church. I think for me, I already mentioned a few things with just listening to preaching, not picking the preaching apart. Um, but I think another one that really came to my mind that I was convicted by even this morning, listening to the, um, the lesson um, was being quick to hear for others. And that is such an easy thing to do when I'm reading the Bible or I'm listening to preaching that I have a very quick ear to hear others' faults in the sermon. Like, ah, when I hear preaching, I get really worked up about, man, I wish this person would hear this because they really need that. And that, like, I just missed the entire, I did not receive the implanted word (laughs) with meekness because I'm too busy receiving it with meekness for somebody else. (laughs) Um, But like even last week, we talked about the problem is not with God tempting us. The problem is with me. And applying that even to this passage, I need to be meekly 
receiving the word, not receiving it for other people. So I think that's a really, I think all of us struggle with that in reading. Um, we need to look in the mirror for ourselves, not looking in the mirror for somebody else. One of the things that I think is um, an application of being quick to hear is we should be like Elihu um, with, with uh, when he was sitting with Job's counselors and uh, all the way in, he waited 32 chapters to say a word. Um, you know, he was, he was slow to speak there. He was emulating this verse in a, in a really exemplary way. Uh, he says in verse, or it says in verse four, chapter 32, now Elihu had waited to speak to Job because they were older than he. And when Elihu saw that there was no answer in the mouth of these three men, he burned with anger. And then he said, I am young in years and you are aged. Therefore, I was timid and afraid to declare my opinion to you. I said, let days speak and many years teach wisdom. Hmm. Um, but it is the spirit in man, the breath of the almighty that makes him understand. Um, it is not the old who are wise, nor the aged who understand what is right. Therefore, I say, listen to me. Let me also declare my opinion. So the, the idea is, you know, you... Um, seek the wisdom of the gray and hoary head, as Proverbs describes. Um, even you look at uh, Solomon and uh, his son, was it Rehoboam? Yes. Was? Yeah. And, and he, uh, he, he failed to continue to listen to the wise counsel of the older men uh, who were Solomon's counselors, but he then instead went to the young men. And the idea is not that young men don't have wisdom, but the, the principle is that there is a certain wisdom that comes with age. Um, and that's where it's valuable being in a church, as in our case, where there's so many older folk. Um, let's seek to uh, sit at their feet and learn from them. Um, ask questions and be like, Eli, be like Elihu with, with our older folk. Yeah. No, I think I bring up the Kings. I, the name is escaping me. It's a J. I get sometimes muddled with the names and the Kings when he got the word of God from the prophet and he threw it in the fire. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, often we think like that's such a terrible thing. I had a kid this summer with our Wednesday night program who ripped up their Bible ver and it was just a very, I mean, I try not to laugh, but I mean, it was bad because they were ripping up the scripture and we laugh and we, you know, like I would never do that. But yet I find myself when I hear the word, it's almost as if I rip it up and throw it in the fire. Like I don't want to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think one of the one of the ways we can be quick to hear um, and and ensure that when we come to a time when the word is being preached, that we we come to it with an attitude of receptivity and meekness, that teachability is um, is preparing our hearts ahead of time for mm -hmm. the sermon. Uh, one of the most helpful things that Pastor Phil does to that end is sending out that email. Usually it's on Fridays or Saturdays um, to give us the text that he's planning on preaching and give us some thoughts to think about and meditate on ahead of the preaching, uh, which has been very fruitful for me personally, but even more immediate to the actual preaching of the word is, um, is the participation of the congregation in the service leading up to the preaching of the word. Mm -hmm. So we start our service with usually it's Steve reading a verse of scripture 
and then we sing. And if you pay attention, the songs that we sing often are very thematically similar to the verse that is read as our call to worship. And then we take time in prayer and we take time in giving and we take time in more scripture reading. And then we sing again. And then we have the preaching of the word. And then we sing again. And, and all these elements that like meet together. I think when, when we participate in those aspects of the worship service, then that actually cultivates our heart to receive the sermon. So for example, you know, if I'm, if I'm standing in, in the congregation and I'm not singing at all, and I just kind of stand there stoically and, and I don't participate in the congregational worship, then when the time comes for the word to be brought forth, then my heart has not been stirred spiritually up to this point. Um, I have not been tilling the soil as it were for, for my heart to receive the preaching of God's word. Whereas if I'm singing with gusto and I've participated in giving and I've prayed along with pastor Phil and pastor David as they've led in prayer and, and I have followed along in the scripture reading and, and meditated on that truth. If I've been doing that, then when the sermon comes, my heart is already in this tender spiritual state and I am ready to receive what pastor Phil is going to bring or pastor David or whoever is preaching is going to say in that sermon. And so I think one of the ways that we can be quick to hear is participate in the worship service. Uh, don't be a passive observer, but be a, a participant of it. Yeah. Uh, if I can build like that is such a, such a, a good encapsulation of like the worship service, but that really drives home the point of one of the aspects of being willing to receive the word and eager to receive the word is just coming to church. And I think that's really a, with again a danger we talked about this like i think the first podcast with not being in church we get really comfortable with online church from our couch and you know that's the way we have to do right now that's the will of god um but when we come back are we just gonna have we cultivated a kind of a love for that you know not being at church um i think it's a good spiritual thermometer of where you are in your sanctification with your willingness and your love of preaching and it's not love of like you know John MacArthur or John Piper, these great expositors of the word. I mean, we could listen to them online and Pastor Phil will tell you that he is not there. Um, but it's a good spiritual thermometer of your own soul when you come eager, excited to hear the preaching of the word. I think that is a great, like a great way to gauge your sanctification. Am I coming excited to hear the preaching of the word, no matter who the messenger is? <laughs> I mean, I, I think if you... I mean, there's also there's all sun, always Sundays that we don't feel like getting up for every single one of us that we don't really feel like coming to church. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the consistent, almost disdain, maybe fear or just annoyance with having to come to church and sit under the word. I think that's a very dangerous spot to be in um, in your spiritual life. One of the things that encouraged me along those lines was what someone recently said, um, commenting on. Is it? Uh, I think it's one Timothy three verse sixteen um, that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for instruction or doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness. Um, you know, sometimes when we come to the Word, whether it be in our own quiet times or family worship or uh, even at church, in our consumer 
pleasure-seeking generation. We kind of come with the expectation that we're going to go away uh, or we're going to experience the word in a way that's going to promote uh, a bubbly joy or um, even, even as like conservative Christians, we might come wanting encouragement. Um, mm-hmm. And yes, the scriptures do provide immense encouragement, um, but also they provide doctrine, uh, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness. So, you're not always going to come with a sense of uh, like warm, like your heart's going to be warmed by the scriptures as, as the disciples to the road to Emmaus felt their hearts were stirred and burned within them. But sometimes it's correction. So you might, you might be, um, you might be convicted as you listen to the word. And other times you might be prompted or inspired or stirred um, and so the emotional response doesn't matter, and and we shouldn't allow that to affect um, our exposure to the word. Because uh, I know for me that can be a tendency. I'm like, oh, I'm I'm not going away feeling feeling encouraged. Well, that doesn't matter. Uh, God's word is is richer and bigger and broader than that. And and I think that that segues nicely into into an important point here is that sometimes we don't always agree with what we hear. Mm. Um, we, we, we come to a sermon and as, uh, I know two of us have spent time in, in classes studying for the ministry and David, you've been a believer for a good long while and you've been in a variety of churches. Um, there are times when you hear preaching that's done with the right motivation and it's done, you know, faithful to the text and everything, but at the same time, you just don't agree. Maybe they make a they have to make a decision on a complex portion of scripture, and at the end of the day, you say, you know what? I would just I don't agree. I, I don't think that's what that passage teaches. How do we maintain an attitude of being quick to hear when we don't agree? One of the first things that comes to mind is the Bereans in Acts 17. Um, the Bereans clearly they they approached the the word with uh, a measure of, uh, I wouldn't say skepticism, but a measure of discernment where they, it, it was described that they received the word um, and then searched the scriptures daily to see if these things are so. Um, so there's a certain sense in which that you can have the two together. You may not uh, believe what's being said, but as long as it's coming from someone who's got a faithful record of delivering the word in, in uh, sincerity and rightly dividing, then take the word and then search the scriptures to see if those things truly are so. Yeah. I think of that passage in first Corinthians and it's a, a little different because um, I think he's talking about some like, you know, super apostles or whatever. He's talking about some people preach the gospel for selfish gain. And he's talking about, you know, Peter, Apollos and like these big names of the early church and talks just about the, the worthlessness of the messenger. Um, you know, you have these big guys, Apollos, Paul, and Peter, and you have these other guys who are preaching from selfish gain. But if Christ is preached, then I am going to glorify God and be happy. Uh, I think that's not directly maybe related to that, but I think it's a good, you know, if Paul can say that, and he's a pretty fiery dude, then I can sit there and listen to preaching that I maybe don't agree with. And I can see, okay, the gospel is being preached. The Bible is not being, you know, treated as uh, you know, it's got falsities or, you know, it blemishes in it, then I can sit there, listen, and just like I said in the beginning, trust that God sovereignly ordained this preacher to preach. So I need to hear something in the word. 
It's like Jesus said to the disciples, he said, um, the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat, um, so do what they say, but do not do what they do. Um, so, so, yes, they were, I mean, you can, you can, even if it's a Pharisee, a hypocrite, you can still learn something. Um, <laughs> and that's because, that's because they're preaching God's word. So, um, yeah. Yeah, and I, and I think one thing that's important to remember with this is that being quick to hear is is a disposition that we have to have throughout the entirety of our Christian life. That it's not just a disposition, it's not just frame of mind that I have to work myself into on a Sunday. It's a it's a disposition long term, and and I think sometimes we may come into a service quick to hear, and as best as we can tell, have a have a real good attitude coming in. But then when the sermon is over, especially if we've disagreed, we are no longer going to be quick to hear. And we're going to rip that pastor to shreds and we're going to gossip about him and we're going to say all sorts of um, mean things about him. And that's actually not being quick to hear. That's being quick to speak. That's being quick to anger. And I think sometimes it's easy to have um, roast Phil or roast David on a, you know, for Sunday lunch. And, yeah. and that's really just not helpful for um, being quick to hear. Yeah. I think of like that passage in later on in James where where's your quarreling and stuff come from? It comes from your own passions and desires. And even like when I have disagreed with a preacher before, like I'll just put myself in that seat. And I, I'm a, <laughs> I've heard the term yeah thrown around. Young, arrogant theologian. I think I mentioned that before. Like I have a really tendency to just criticize that because I, you know, knowledge that I have or that I don't have. Um, and oftentimes, even when I might be right in my critique of the theology or the biblicity of a sermon, oftentimes I find myself when I look there, I don't start with scripture's objections against what was preached. Mm-hmm. I start with Kevin says or Kevin thinks. And that's like, even when you're right, I think like for myself, oftentimes I'm not even starting from scripture. I'm starting with my own authority from my knowledge or whatever that I have. So even when you're right, be careful. <laughs> from my own personal sinfulness and weakness. Mm. Well, I want to encourage our listeners again, just to focus in on the lesson from this morning. Uh, watch that if you haven't already. Uh, look forward to Pastor David's devotional that he'll be posting to our website, Lord willing, this Wednesday evening. Uh, thanks again, brothers. Thanks for joining me. Yeah. And uh, Lord willing, we'll be back next week.